Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sam's Report. It has been, uh, this has been a crazy week. A lot of good stuff. We got Scorpio. We got Surface Pro 5 to talk about. Or maybe not Surface Pro 5. Um, we got Redstone 3 information. I'll be able to show off. I actually rigged up the videos and stuff and whatnot, so you should hopefully be able to see these here in a little bit. Uh, but crazy week in the world of Microsoft. This has been one of the more busy weeks in recent history. So let's uh, let's dive in, shall we? Because obviously there's a lot of things to talk about. Scorpio, big news of the week, right? Uh, Microsoft's next-gen Xbox console. We don't know the name yet. I'm leaning towards that. They hope they call it the Xbox. But you know what? They can call it whatever they want. Just uh, I hope it's not Xbox Pro. That would be That would be a very Microsoft thing to do and something I hope they don't do. Um, let's, uh, let, let, let's just hope that they don't go with that. But anyways, so really what we got this week were just the underlying components that are going to be included in the Scorpio. Um, couple things. First off, they showed off, what was it? Forza 7, uh, running at 60 frames per second on 4K, and it wasn't even, even close to maxing out the capacity of the chip. So what is the chip? Uh, it's an eight custom x86 cores. I believe they're, they're Jaguar cores running at 2.3 gigahertz. Uh, 40 customized compute units at 1,172 megahertz, uh, 12 gigs of GDDR5, 326 uh, gigabytes per second memory bandwidth. That's the key here. Uh, hard drive is just a one terabyte platter and 4K UHD Blu-ray. So the, obviously the big news is comparing that to the PS4 Pro, which has the a similar eight core Jaguar setup, but... Um, let's see clocked at 2.1 gigahertz the ram only has 36 customized or 36 uh compute units at 911 megahertz compared to the scorpio's 1172 with 40 compute units and then the memory here is a big one is the scorpio has 12 gigs the ps4 pro has eight and another crucial figure here the memory bandwidth is at 218 for the ps4 pro whereas the scorpio is at 326 so by all means in all, all technical aspects the xbox scorpio whatever it's going to be called is going to be significantly more powerful than the ps4 pro uh which is great for microsoft right this is going to be a 4k gaming beast is what they're going for microsoft said they were out targeting a one thousand dollar pc which means that we know that the price point of the scorpio has to be significantly less than one thousand dollars i'm hoping crossing my fingers it's 399 499 wouldn't surprise me 599 and would be really tough to swallow um so i'm, I'm hoping that 399 to 499 is somewhere where this thing is going to land and i think that's pretty close on to what i'm hearing uh inside the company's at least a targeted price point until obviously accounting gets their hands on it and we're many 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 weeks away from learning any more about that possibly at e3 um so it's probably our next best bet but really the big thing here is that the scorpio is not going to be a slouch when it comes to power Th these are these are great stats this is going to be a high horsepower machine i can't wait to get it up and running on that 4k tv back there i'm really pumped but th the big thing that that we got to keep in mind that is that yes it, it trounces the ps4 pro and every technical capability uh, i would even argue that microsoft's online platform xbox live is better than the playstation iteration microsoft has a better software and hardware solution now 
But the, the thing is, is we don't know about the games. The games are what sell consoles, right? It's great to have, uh, don't get me wrong, the high horsepower is going to help. Hopefully it will attract more developers to the platform because we will do more, have more capabilities uh, and not have to worry about the overhead and all that stuff. But again, it comes back to the gaming experience and the games itself that are truly sell a console. So I'm hoping that Microsoft is able to line up some more third-party exclusives, not just their first-party stuff. Don't get me wrong, I love Halo, but it's not enough to sell... Uh, to outsell the PlayStation in any capacity. So they really, really need to get on that stuff. But Scorpio, it, it's looking good. I, I, when, they, when you saw that Digital Foundry was going to be the one unveiling the specs, they were hugely critical of the Xbox One. Uh, you know that Microsoft was really confident, especially since PlayStation put out their eggs with the PS4 Pro. They already knew what they were competing against. And there it goes. The one thing that's going to create interesting thing about this is how is Sony going to respond? Are they going to come out with a true PS5 here in the near future? It would be tough because they would have a lot of confusion. It's like, okay, do you buy the PS4, the PS4 Pro, and now the PS5? I would imagine there's going to be at least a couple year lag before the PS4, PS5 comes out. It would have to be because it would be really confusing if Sony comes out next year and says, hey, uh, here's the PlayStation 5. It's coming this year after they just announced the PS4 Pro. Um... And, and obviously that wouldn't be good for their consumers because that would probably piss them off. But who knows? Maybe they will because they don't want to be outclassed in the hardware game. But um, yeah, Scorpio looking good. Looking good. We, we got a lot of things we still got to cut and cover. Launch date. We know it's going to be holiday. Uh, we don't know the name. We don't know the price. And we don't know the games. So this is very much just a technical look. But, you know, for just a technical look, it's looking pretty good because the CPU is about 30% faster than the Xbox One. The GPU is about 46 uh, times more powerful than the Xbox One, and there's always going to be four gigabytes reserved for the game system, which I hope means that that kind of interface lag is going to be completely gone because it'll always have four gigs, which means it has eight gigs for every game, eight gigs of RAM for every single game, and you can't always compare this directly apples to apples with PC because these things are just gaming machines at all, or at you know, at the end of the day, and so they're more optimized for that type of a scenario as of instead of a general compute type scenario. Uh, we know it'll have an integrated power supply, so the external power brick, that is awesome as well. Uh, and the ports are supposed to be the exact same as the Xbox One as well, so no connect, that's not too big of a surprise either. So that is what's going on in the Scorpio front uh, in about a four-minute condensed version. There's a lot more details out there about how Microsoft was going to scale 1080p games, uh, 4K games back to 1080p and 1080p up to 4K. And so there's a lot of good stuff gonna, going on with the Scorpio, and I'm really, really pumped to see how Microsoft evolves this. Hopefully they don't botch the launch like they did with the Xbox One. But uh, I, I think they have learned their lessons. They have learned their lessons uh, from that. So... I'll be really curious to see, too, how big a 4K game takes up because a lot of people, like myself, do digital downloads. We don't do, I don't buy uh, physical media anymore, uh, at least when I can, can help it because I can just download them on the console. Why venture out of the house if I don't have to? And so I'll be real curious to see how large those games are because some of them are getting pretty big and only a one terabyte drive might be, might be a little, I, I'm biting my tongue here, but that might be a little small. I mean, if games are 70 to 80 gigabytes, it doesn't take too many of those to fill up um, fill up a, a console uh, over the life over the life cycle of the device. Now, granted, you're not going to be doing this day one, but um, I would suspect that they'll have external storage, much like they do on the current devices. But yeah, so there you go. Other things that happened this week, actually, specifically yesterday was nuts because we had the Scorpio stuff in the morning, uh, and then I got a nice dump of 
Redstone 3 imagery. Some of it had been shown around, not all of it had been, but it really just shows off some of the animations and stuff that are coming with uh, what is called Project Neon. Uh, it's kind of got this acrylic type look. And so I actually rigged it up here so you can watch some of these things. And if you take a look here, if you're on the audio, obviously this isn't gonna help you go check out the YouTube video. Uh, but here we go. Let's just take a look at this one. And so what you can see here is when you move the window around, the head in the, the groove here, in the Groove Music app, uh, kind of moves around. It, and it's just kind of like, if you're a fan of the Parallax websites, that's kind of what you're seeing here. Unfortunately, XSplit doesn't, isn't, I didn't put these videos on loop, but you can kind of see how that uh, moves around. And then, so here's just another one. When it comes to the, let's see, here you go. This is the mail app updated with Neon. You can see the kind of hover, the soft uh, highlight animations as you're moving the mouse up and down across the navigation pane. And so this is just kind of a, a little bit of look at some of the transitions and UI polish that are being added to uh, Redstone. I mean, it, it's coming along. We don't, we haven't seen any shipping versions obviously yet, but you know, that's kind of a, a look at what is going on with Redstone 3 and Neon. There's a lot more things under the hood. I've heard that Microsoft is actually overhauling the uh, networking stack as well under the hood. So that will be kind of interesting. I wasn't able to get the image into XSplit both because it looked like crap. But placeholders are coming. Um, they might be called on-demand files. And I actually was, uh, have an icon of what it is. If you go look at the post I put up on Throt, uh, you can actually see what that icon looks like. And I think this is going to be indicating what files are still stored in the cloud. And so, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what else they pack into there. Uh, I think Build is going to be a huge showcase of what Microsoft is doing and where they are headed. And uh, Build is coming up here. We're about six weeks away. I'm going to build a very, very much likely booking my airfare. I'm already set up in a hotel and all that stuff. So if you're going to be at Build, uh, definitely let me know and we'll figure something out. I know there's going to be a meetup. Uh, Paul, Mary Jo, and myself, we've already started talking about this. Uh, definitely going to be meeting one of the nights working those details out, but build should be a lot of fun. Um, I'm thinking there's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of big stuff at build, uh, especially for the Windows fans. So um, keep that in mind because I'm kind of really looking forward to that. Other things that happened this week, Microsoft opens its doors to the Windows, to the Windows, to the Windows Insider program for business. What this means is that if you are in the business world uh, and you're using Active Directory and all that good stuff, and you're using Azure Active Directory, it's now easier to get into the Insider program and use that stuff with your credentials. Um, also, it's going to give you kind of an elevated path to feedback as well, specifically for business users. So if you're in the corporate world and you're testing Insider builds, you definitely want to be checking this out. You absolutely do because this is going to be your communication path that's going to be a little bit better, I think, than potentially the feedback hub uh, because you're going to have elevated account status from my understanding to uh, to Microsoft itself. So this is a good thing. Definitely check that up. Totally, totally worth doing. Um, other things that happened this week, this week, Microsoft officially banned game emulators from the Xbox and Windows Store. Not sure why this took so long because emulators are typically thought of a brazen uh, copyright violation because you're running stuff that you really shouldn't be. But they are now officially banned from the store and they did a little bit of purging of those apps. But that all happened kind of around the, the, the creator's time, uh, creator's release. So that's not too surprising. Typically when they do a large update like the creator's update, they uh, massage some of their... I don't know, uh, messaging and documentation and uh, end user licensing agreements around this stuff. So, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. 
So there we go. Uh, other things that have happened this week, uh, bad news if you're a Windows Phone fan. So Microsoft has kind of done some funny, weird things. So Windows, uh, Windows Mobile hardware requirements have been updated, but there's no support for the Snapdragon 835, which is the latest and greatest uh, Snapdragon um, chip, the one that we all think is going to run Windows on ARM uh, when that comes out later this year. That's also why I think build's going to be a lot of fun. So Microsoft is, again, just kind of like neutering what's available in the hardware that's coming for that stuff. Uh, Mary Jo Foley got her list, her hands on a list of phones that are supposedly supported, um, for the stuff. And basically if you have a Lumia 7 series or a Lumia 8 series, you're not going to be officially getting the creator's update. The 950, 950 XL, 650 and 640 and 550 are all supported. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to some of this stuff. I don't know if it's life cycle, if it's usage or whatever. Now, the, the thing is, is that if you're on the insider build, you can still get the creator's update. But it's if you have this phone in its um, au natural state, it's not going to be getting this, which is really annoying because this is the umpteenth time that Microsoft has really just lied, I guess, or not held up to their promise. about. If you remember, go back to... Um, uh, the launch of Windows Phone, what was called Series 7 at the time, but Windows Phone 7. <laughs> they made a big promise that says, hey, all our phones are going to be updated. Uh, we're not going to have... Short paraphrasing here. We're not going to have the same problem as Android. Um, so then they didn't update all the Windows Phone 7s to Windows Phone 8 because it wasn't possible. When, not all Windows Phone 8s. I don't think any of them got Windows Phone 10. Uh, and now some Windows Phone 10 devices are not going to get... Uh, yep. All Windows Phone 10 or Windows 10 mobile versions. It, this has really just been a, a huge disaster for Microsoft on everything from uh, money spent to market share gain to promises kept. Like, they've really just wiped the board. Uh, they've really just wiped the board of all that. Uh, so, anyways, some of the phones that are not supported, as George Robert points out, are older than two years, and, and maybe that's just kind of their life cycle thing. But, um, I don't know, it's still just a little weird that... Insider builds run just fine, but I guess they're not officially being supported. So, okay, Service Pro 5. Um, you know, I'm going to quote Paul here, and he didn't he didn't write this up on the site. He tweeted this, so remember this. So he's hearing that the Blade... Uh, is this thing going to reach into the camera? Yeah, it will. So this is the Surface charger currently. He is hearing that the next Surface is still going to use the same thing, um, and it's going to be uh, KB Lake, and that's kind of really it. It's more of like a refresh. And so that's Surface Pro 5, but it gets a little bit more interesting than that. Uh, let me explain why, because our, our good friend, friend of site, friend of the podcast, friend of whatever, Walking Cat found an image, uh, what, did, what is it called? It called Surface Pro 4 Refresh was in the, the file description. And so what Paul was alluding to was that, hey, this might actually be a refresh. And then Walking Cat actually found an image of a Surface Pro 4 that, you know, it looks exactly the same called a refresh. Uh, maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're going to take the exact same. I should have just brought mine over here. Surface Pro 4, just update the internals and be like, hey, that's it. Um, because, again, it's the best-selling Surface Microsoft has. It is. that We know this from the stats and everything else. So why change up what's working? It kills me, though, that they're not going to put USB Type-C charging. That's that's the the thing that I don't quite understand. But the other thing that Walking Cat found is said that the date on the image was 9-5-2017, which is a September release, which seems off. What I'm wondering is if that's not a European date standard, maybe it's 5-9, which would be next month. 5-9 would be interesting. I mean, if Microsoft is truly just updating the Surface Pro 4 
and they're just updating the innards, they may not actually hold an event for it. Now, granted, Mary Jo has heard this thing about this clamshell device uh, that might be running an ARM chip. We don't really quite know. But just for a simple refresh of the Surface Pro 4, that's not enough of a reason to hold an event. We've already, and I very strongly believe this, that the Surface Book 2 will not be announced this spring because they just expanded availability. So if they're not, if they're not, um, if they're expanding the Surface Book 2 availability, they're not going to update those. Uh, if the Surface Pro 4 is truly just getting a refresh and not kind of like a redesign or big feature update, uh, what are you holding an event for? Um, so they got to have something brand new, and maybe that's kind of the backstory. It's an interesting kind of strategy. Obviously, Microsoft's entering a more mature cycle point uh, in the Pro life cycle, in the Surface Pro life cycle. So it doesn't, they don't need to completely overhaul this thing and try to wow the crowds again. They just need good iterative updates that keep things, um, that keep things on, you know, the, the top end silicon and the price point's good. And so maybe that's that's their plan. It just really kills me that they're not going to move to USB Type-C charging because that it is so convenient. Once you have it, because you can plug it into any of the ports, um, and it's better. I don't like the little blade thing personally, but yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Interesting thing too is five nine would be build as the tenth. So if it truly is five nine. Um, as somebody actually, as Ra Raphael, I think it's how you pronounce his name, just a day zero event to build. Interesting. Interesting. If that truly is the European date standard. Um, interesting stuff. We'll see. We will see about that. <laughs> and as, as Danny points out, yes, he is correct. That little blade thing does do more than just... Uh, power, it, it helps with the dock, but I can tell you this much, USB Type-C could very easily, very, very easily uh, replace that because USB Type-C is extremely flexible. So, especially if they did it as USB Type-C slash Thunderbolt, it, it would completely solve the issue. This is really interesting. I, I didn't make the connection that 5.9 was actually the day before build. Um, that's a good, that's good stuff. That's really good stuff. Maybe, maybe we just solved the puzzle. I don't know, but it looks like the Surface, anyways, it looks like the Surface Pro uh, 4 is not going to get a major overhaul, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not too bummed about that. I'm really not. I'm, I'm just looking at all the data that I have about it, and bada bing, bada boom. Uh, we had a lot of good questions this week. Some of them overlapped, which I really want to dive into. Uh, as John points out, he says, keep the blade and add USB Type-C. They could... Although I think that's going to be, I would rather have it, rather it have two USB Type-C ports rather than uh, one blade and one USB Type-C. Um, I mean, go all in or not. I mean, it's kind of, you know, pick your battles. If they have the blade, that's just a waste of space right next to a USB Type-C port. Personal opinion on that. Uh, anyway, anyways, Michael Martinez asks, he says, if the idea behind the Scorpio is to compete with a $1,000 PC, will the gist of Windows 10 cloud uh, evolved to have an Xbox-based shelf for the media consumption machine. So I kind of think I know what you're asking here. I don't know. Uh, Microsoft has stayed pretty pretty far away from creating, recreating a media center. It would be great if they evolved the Xbox UI experience onto a PC to recreate that media center uh, like product. I don't know if they will because they get really scared when you talk about Xbox and media anymore after how badly the Xbox One was launched. And so I don't know. Um, what will be more interesting to me about this is that if truly it is a $1,000 PC that competes with the Scorpio, 
is that if you can actually run those Scorpio games on a PC, I don't I don't know if that's going to be possible now that we know what the chip is inside. And it's still it's still custom fabbed, but um, with their Xbox Play Anywhere though, they very well might just bring all their first party um, games right to the PC, and there you go. Uh, as Simard57 points out, so th- there's kind of a, a big news actually this week from JD Power and Associates. You know, regardless of what you think about them. Uh, right or wrong they came out with a satisfaction survey about tablets and for the first time ever microsoft topped tablet satisfaction beating out apple this is to me kind of nuts it really honestly is because you don't think of the service before as like a i mean it's a tablet don't get me wrong but it's more of a pc than it is per se a tablet and jd powder associates it did their surveys and they they bested the ipad which first off great job for microsoft um that exact information uh, makes me believe stronger that they're not going to change much about the Surface Pro 4. Why would they? They just topped Apple in Apple's own game with the Surface Pro 4. Why? Why change the? You know, don't move the cheese. Don't don't get rid of the start menu at this point. It's working well. Let's not screw with what's working. So that actually makes a lot of sense. And the fact that they beat Apple will this drive more sales? I don't. I don't know. It depends how Microsoft pushes this. What I think it will do is allow more people to actually sh- cross shop the Surface Pro. Remember, it takes a while to really become an incumbent for Microsoft because they have this old legacy brand um, that people are like, oh, it's Microsoft of the 90s, even though that's far from the truth anymore. You know, they're all open source building their own hardware and whatnot. But a lot of people still have that kind of thought in their head. So it's taken them a long time to really get mind share with the Surface brand. And I think we're starting to kind of see that trajectory pick up quite a bit now. And this JD Power and Associates stuff is really going to help out. It's really, really, really going to help them out, at least in that momentum. I don't know if it's going to translate into a significant number of sales like next quarter or something like that, but it's certainly a selling point for the hardware. So, um, Har- Harm Jr. asks, is any good resource for getting a Surface Pro for user on setting up their screens to work with additional monitors? It's starting to drive me crazy and having to tweak the settings for application to look normal when moved from Surface screen to regular monitor. Never just looks right. It's either the high DPI screen or the 2 to 3 aspect ratio or something that I have no clue about. I use some older apps like QuickBooks uh, and it's really hard to use that application. So um, I have bad news for you. Windows is still terrible at, at high DPI scaling. That being said, they have made some changes with the creator's update that should help you. So if you're able to get the creator's update onto that machine, you might be better off. But I I suffer this too. And this is why Paula and I tell Microsoft, they need to create three by two displays that have the exact same pixel density. I know you're going to say that Surface thing, but uh, Surface Studio. But they need an actual dis- display monitor that is the same DPI as the Surface Pro 4 and Surface Book so that users like yourself who have a dock and I would be in the same scenario because I would love to swap out my, uh, use a Surface Book full-time with two monitors. Ugh. But the DPS scaling drives me bonkers. And so unfortunately, unfortunately, there's not good news here until Microsoft either fully fixes this or comes out with a 3 by 2 Surface I don't want to call it Surface Studio Monitor because that would be not doing justice to the studio. What I want is just a 3x2, same pixel density, and touchscreen monitor. Does not have to articulate. Does not have to support pen input. Just a 3x2 touch monitor, same pixel density. Please, Microsoft, sell it for like $8.99. Um, and don't go as crazy as you did with the color reproduction as this. But I know that Microsoft has a hard problem with that. 
but that is what I need because then I could take something like this and use it as my full-time machine. Um, it would solve so many problems. And so I think they could sell a really compelling setup with uh, a monitor, a dock, a Surface Pro 4 uh, for corporate stuff. So I don't know. Hopefully Microsoft will eventually do that. I haven't heard anything about they are. Uh, <laughs> Simard asked another question, but all good, all good. He says, what is the chance that Casio licensing agreement will result in Microsoft band capabilities being offered in a future Casio product? I recall when the band was announced, Microsoft wanted to license it to others. Is this what the Casio deal is about? To be honest, I'm not too sure what the Casio deal is about. Typically, Microsoft goes after companies that are using Android because Android um, has a lot of things that cross over the Microsoft world and they sue these guys and sign patenting and licensing agreements. The interesting thing about Casio is they make a lot of watches and wrist wearables. So it wouldn't surprise me if Microsoft or Casio grabbed some of that stuff. But if you're looking to see Casio build a Band 3, I don't suspect that's going to happen. Uh, Lyndon Hartson. Uh, recognize him from Twitter's. He says, the big talk about Neon Neon is about improvements to the look and feel of apps on Windows, but do you think it'll influence Microsoft's apps on other platforms? I like using Groove Music on iOS since I store my music in OneDrive, but I find myself frustrated with how dated that app is becoming. I hope so. I honestly hope it does, that Microsoft starts to tie in their design language across all their platforms. I haven't heard specifically if Neon is going to trans... Uh, you know, make that air gap jump to iOS and Android. It would not surprise me, but Microsoft, to your point, I completely agree. Microsoft typically is not uh, up to date all the time. It's not for every app. It's just not completely fair to say. It's not always up to date on updating their apps, specifically Groove. Groove has always been a, a lagging indicator for Microsoft. So I don't actually know. I hope that they do, and I actually think that they will, but that's just speculation on what I've seen and read about Neon. Uh, Kadupa asks, he says, so can Microsoft sell cable or channel bundles on the Xbox store platform? This might be an idea so that they could look into as an easier way to get into user mindset. Uh, can they? Absolutely. Will they? I don't know. That th Those agreements are very tough. And so the cable industry is notorious for holding these things um, on very tightly because that industry is not collapsing, would it be the fair word, but contracting and facing significant new challenges. And so for them to say... For Microsoft to bring that stuff into their store, it, it would be great. I would absolutely love it. But there's the, the licensing of that stuff is extremely hard. Apple has been trying. We all know the clout that Apple has in this segment. And they haven't been able to do it. And those rumors have been circling the drain for a very long time. And nothing has materialized. But will it happen for Microsoft? I hope so. But again, they're not going to want to dilute uh, the potential Xbox brand with media streaming. Because again, they're so nervous about what happened to the Xbox One that going down that route is a little bit dicey. And so, uh, let's see here. Oh, God. Dally Isaac. I, I'm so terrible at reading names. It says, will OneDrive placeholders be implemented so that software that isn't OneDrive can use the underlying technology? So there's sort of like a file streaming for Windows. So this is an excellent question, and I absolutely believe so. So one of the problems they had with uh, placeholders in Windows 8 is that it was really just an artificial on the surface type thing. It, it really wasn't built into Windows. And so what you'd have is applications that weren't actually built by Microsoft being unable to see some of the placeholder files and could not grab that stuff and it would just crash and it was a it was a, a dirty situation. And so that's the challenge that Microsoft has had is that how do you actually put these placeholder files into Windows so that other applications can actually get them and see them and use them as if they were locally. So I believe, yes, that they will. 
I, I really think that they have solved this problem and that's why we're finally starting to get this because that solves the missing component of placeholders and that's the, the challenge that they've had because imagine a scenario if you're using like, uh, let's just make something up, like Adobe Reader and you go to grab a file that's not really there. Windows has to be smart enough to know that, say, hey, that's not really there and then kind of buffer it out so that that file can download super quick and then be open. Otherwise, the app tries to open it, says it's not there, or crashes. And so that was some of the issues with the placeholders of yesterday, and I honestly think that they have fixed this, and that's why we are starting to see them. So, uh, that being said, crazy week this week, right? It, it's worth digesting, you know, the, the tip of the week, uh, what I think about today is I want to go back and really look at that Scorpio stuff again because there's a lot of hidden nuggets in there. Things like we didn't hear anything about VR, which I believe that is going to be a big component of it. It would not surprise me if you can take uh, an HMD from like Dell or whatever and plug it into the Scorpio and have that work. Like really be looking for those kind of details. Also, this Surface Pro 4 refresh is interesting stuff. Interesting stuff interesting stuff so it's been another great week guys i always appreciate everybody tuning in if you have any questions always check the forums at threat.com forums that's where i post up and get the questions and um, i think next week's going to be interesting as well although i would have to imagine it's not going to be as feature packed as this week i'll see if i can dig up any more redstone 3 information but i know a lot of that's coming at build and so it's just trying to find the right channels to get my hands on it so uh as always guys thanks for watching this week i'll catch you next time and have yourself a wonderful weekend